Hello and welcome to another episode of Stolaroid Stories. This is episode number 19. My name is Fabio, I'm an English teacher from Italy, and on this podcast I tell personal stories inspired by my own pictures. And sometimes I also invite other people to tell their own personal stories. Um, we use pictures because I think that every picture tells a story, okay? And um, it's also a very good way to connect with other people by sharing personal experiences and stories. And also, it's a good way for you to practice English. In this way, in this, on this podcast, you can practice listening. But if you tell a story, if you tell your own personal true story, well, there's a lot of writing and speaking practice that you can do to improve your English. Because your English will never improve by itself. Okay, you have to you have to work at it. You have to practice, practice and practice. Nobody will come one day and give you English. You know, it doesn't work like that. You have to work hard, but don't feel that you have to work hard. I mean, when I say work hard, it doesn't mean that you have to study 3 hours on a grammar book every day. You can have fun. You can have fun. Think about your hobbies. What are your hobbies? Do you like, for example, I don't know, do you like cooking? If you like cooking, you can watch cooking shows on, um, on YouTube, cooking videos, and uh, in English, of course. And that's how, you know, you can combine your passions, your interests with English. This is what I'm doing with my job. I combine my job with storytelling and photography because those are two passions that I have. If you want to know how to use your own photos and your own personal stories to practice English, to practice speaking and writing, you can download my free guide. It's on my website. It's a 22-page guide. You will find eight activities, four speaking activities and four writing activities that you can start doing today. Today. You will find a link to this guide in the description of this episode. But it's on my website. If you go to stolaroid.com on the homepage, you will see it immediately. Um, all right. In today's episode, I'm going to speak with Lara, my friend Lara. Lara is a colleague. She's an English teacher as well. And um, she's a lovely girl. We've been friends for a number of years. And in this episode, she's going to tell her own true story inspired by one of her pictures. You will find this picture on my website. If you go to stolaroid.com slash Lara, you will see the picture that uh, inspired her story. All right, enough of me now. Enjoy my conversation with Lara and enjoy her story because it's now story time. No, no, let's do it again. Because it's now story time. Too loud? Because it's now story time. Okay, I, I can't do it today. See you later. Hello, Lara. Hi. How's it going? Good. You? I'm very well. Very well. Thank you. Thank you for joining this episode. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's always a pleasure to see you, Lara. Uh, we've been friends for how long? 
Do you know? Do you I remember? A few years. Not a sure. Few years. Yes, we met at the British Council in Milan. That's right. Yes. And we were teaching teenagers. I remember. Yep. Yeah, it was a summer course, right? A summer course, and you you had just been back from Spain. Um, could be yes, because I was taking yes, because I wasn't teaching in the summer in Spain, so I kind of had to find a job. So I went back to Milan, where mm. I'm from, and I started teaching at the British Council again. So you're a, you're an English teacher. I am an English teacher. I've been an English teacher for I think officially almost ten years. And okay. I love it. You love it. Why do you love it? I, because I've always had this huge passion for English and the fact that I get to pass on this passion to my students. Um, I don't know. I just feel very lucky that I get to do that. Mm. And you, you are from, you said that you're from Milan, but actually that's not true because you are from New York. Is that right? <laughs> Oh, I wish. No, I'm actually from Milan. I was born and raised there. I spent all of my teenage years there and then attended university there. So yes, most of my life, um, I spent it in Milan. Okay. But your mother is from New York. Uh, once again, I wish actually my mom, funny enough, um, she is 73 years old and two years ago, she started learning English. She had never well, I guess maybe a couple of times in her life, she tried to learn it, uh, but never successfully. And then a couple of years ago, she just decided she was going to do it. And um, it's really funny now because I, I would have never imagined that she she would ever do it at this point, but she is doing it. So no, my mom's not from New York. She is an Italian uh, student who currently has an A2 English level. So where does this accent American accent come from? Tell us about it. It comes from mostly TV series and movies. Um, actually, when I first, so I started learning English when I was seven years old. And because everything, all the materials at school, they were in British English. Um, I had a British accent. I had a little bit of a British accent when I first started, which right now I can never, I, I've tried to do a, a British impression and I can't do it. Um, but then I don't even remember exactly how it happened, um, but I slowly transitioned to an American accent. And I think the reason uh, why is because uh, back in the day, the only way I could listen or watch programs in in English was um, through MTV. So mm. I would um, because everything else in on the Italian television, it was dubbed. So right but, now. Um, it still is. Is it? I don't I'm not really sure because I only watch Netflix now, but yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but MTV was one of the few exceptions and a lot of the shows that they used to show were in, were American. And so I think I slowly picked up the accent and then obviously TV series, things like Friends, the OC, which was big back in the day. Um, and here we are. But you said that you started learning English when you were seven. So mm -hmm. when I was seven, I can't even remember. Like I used to go, I used to play football with my friends. I would, I would have never thought of, you know, starting English or how, what, what made you, um, 
what what made you want to learn English when you were seven? When you were seven, we we used to do colors in school. <laughs> it wasn't really a choice. I mean, English was wasn't taught uh, in schools up until that point. You know, as far as I remember. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, when I was seven, um, they introduced this subject. It was a new school year, um, and there was this new you know period. Um, and yeah, I I started learning it without thinking too much of it. Mm. Uh, we were given this little book and I remember I just liked the sound of what I heard. Um, and it was, it was never like, I never sat down at one point thinking, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to become, you know, an English teacher in 20 years. I just, it was very, it was a very natural process. I just liked, I enjoyed uh, listening to English and, mm. and, That's why I kept studying and, and learning. It was, I never really sat down with a book in front of me thinking, okay, I'm going to memorize all of the grammar rules. Yeah, which is actually the best way to learn. I think when you combine your hobbies or, you know, what the things yeah. that you like doing with, with learning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly, I don't remember exactly how I did it. I just sort of, It was almost like a dream, you know, I woke up from the sort of coma, I guess, in fourth, I, I wasn't really in a coma, but like the, the feeling was, was, uh, you know, that um, I just woke up when I was 14 and I, I could speak English when I was 14 years old, I could speak English, but I don't know how I got to that mm. point. Mm. Okay. And the fact that you have this American accent, um, it tells me, I mean, Did you do any sort of um, pronunciation exercises or, I don't know, listen and repeat? Because usually people get an accent, they pick up the accent when they move to another country, they go to another country, they live there for, um, you know, a number of years, like I did in Australia. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then you pick up the accent because if you, if you sound differently, from the people who, who are around you, you feel, I mean, this is how I felt when I was in Australia. If I didn't sound like them, I felt kind of, I, I didn't really fit into, yeah, yeah. you know, and, but you didn't do that. I mean, did, did you, you lived in, in the US for a year, right? Yes. Um, I moved to the US when I was 17 years old and I was there for eight months. Um, but my, I already had an American accent before I went there. Mm. I think when I was maybe, yeah, maybe around 13, 14 years old, that's when I really realized that I liked that accent specifically. And so I really focused on, um, getting it right. So whenever I would speak, I would try to mimic what I mm. heard. Um, I didn't do any like specific exercises it was mostly just a ton of listening once again you know I used to watch like you were playing football or soccer as I would say but I was I was cooped up in my room for three four hours every day watching tv shows um American tv shows so you know that's almost like living in a country whether you want it or not you're going to absorb and, and pick up the accent. Um, so that's what happened. And then by the time I realized I liked it so much, I was like, okay, I'm, I never want to switch to any other accent again. And I just want to perfect this accent. Hmm. Yeah, because um, now you're a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that we, we kind of 
we have different um, opinions about things, but do you feel that a student of English who's learning English in Italy, in France, in Japan, in Brazil, do you feel they need to have an accent or is it, is it something that, okay, I like the American accent or the British or the New Zealand accent and um, I'm just going to go for it and, and you know, uh, perfect it like, like, yeah. like you said, or is it something that it, you think it's required? So if you're learning English, try to pick up an accent from, you know, an English speaking country. What do you think? Um, I think we, we've sort of had this discussion before, and I think um, it's up to you. It's not necessary. Um, as long as people can understand you and you're comfortable, um, it's, you know, whatever you like. It's sort of like dancing, you know, nobody mm -hmm. can tell you that you you don't you're not dancing right you're dancing okay you're doing it if I can sort of tell that you're dancing that's good enough for me um so it's up to you whether you want to be this great salsa dancer or you know you're just mm. okay with a few basic moves um mm. I have a student that I'm working with right now he is from Italy and we had we had to have this discussion at the very beginning because I, I told him, I said, you know, we have a very thick Italian accent. What do you want to do about it? Mm. And he said, listen, I feel funny if I try to force any other accent other than my own. And I, I really don't want to do it. And so I said, OK, it's fine. I'm going to I'm still going to point out if he does make any mistakes that will prevent me from understanding him. Uh, but other than that, he can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, yeah. It's all about personal goals, right? Mm -hmm. So you want yep. to sound American, so work hard and try to sound American because yep. nobody, nobody will say you shouldn't, okay? But my opinion is don't feel that because you're learning English, you need to have a, a, a perfect accent because accent is um, what makes you special i believe mm -hmm. accent and your american accent is what makes you special because you learned you worked hard at it and uh, now you've got it and you are living proof that you can even you can learn english you can have a perfect american accent by working hard and not just by going to another country or to to mm -hmm. the us yeah yep okay um so lara you said that you have a you have a, a student so what are you, what's, what's your business, Lara? Tell us about your business, your so, English teaching business. Yes. Um, a few years ago, I actually, a couple of years ago, I took a break from teaching and I started a podcast. Um, the podcast that I host is called English Vocabulary Booster. And um, my aim is to teach advanced expressions or advanced vocabulary in general to intermediate and advanced students. And I've been doing that for, like I said, two years. And, um, and then I sort of implemented um, this method. Um, and I also have a few private students. So anything that has to do with teaching English and helping students, especially learn English on their own. For me, that is really important because I, I 
am self-taught mostly. I did hmm. learn a little bit of English at school, obviously, but uh, most of the work was done in my room on my own. And so I really believe in, you know, the power that each and every one of us has of everyone. <laughs> each and every one of us has. Oh my gosh, this is a tongue twister. Um, and you can keep this in, by the way. Yes, and, I will. Uh, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, and I think people should know that they are capable of doing this. And I just want to make it, I guess, a little easier for them to do. Okay. And where can people find you? Um, my, I guess my website, right? That's the best yeah, way. Which um, is? embu.com it's e-n-b-o-o-o.com yes it's with three o's why why is it with three o's this is something that i've never you know i've never understood really yeah why three o because and booster it, is with double o yeah nobody looks prettier no i'm just kidding um the reason <laughs> is i wanted to call it embu with just two o's uh but the domain embu.com with two o's was already well it was up for sale but i would have had to pay um at that time it was two thousand dollars for it and i didn't have that kind of money and i i had brainstormed so much to think of the right name and i loved the name embu it was short it was sweet it you know it kind of told and in it encompassed my message and so I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna slap in there an extra O and call it a day. And that's it. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if it was a good choice, but it's there. Do you know? Do you know the story of um, Stolaroid? I mean, the, the name. How did Stolaroid come to be named like that? My God, what a sentence! Well, I I read your caption the other day on your. Cause I mm -hmm. follow you on Instagram, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's the combination of story and um, Polaroid, right? The, the Correct. But before I got to that point, uh, before I got to, uh, to find that name, mm -hmm. um, I'd been working, you know, I'd been thinking about that, about a suitable name for what I do. Uh, mm -hmm. So there was English uh, photo lab. There was, um, uh, um, shooting, 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 like shoot, oh. and then ENG, shooting. Oh, okay. All right. And then there was another one. Well, a lot of names. And then one day I was so fed up with, you know, with, uh, I, I couldn't think anymore. And I said to my partner, Aloha, I said, we need to find a name for this business, for this business, for, for, for my, my website in 20 minutes. Now we have 20 minutes <laughs> to find a name, a suitable name for this website. And she said, Stolaroid. Oh, really? Just like yeah, that? Yeah. So I said, I said, I want something, you know, a name with story and photo in it. So Polar store. So we, we started brainstorming things. And then she said, Stolaroid. Okay, that's it. What time is it? Okay, we still have five <laughs> minutes left. And that's it. That's that was, awesome. Uh, no, I didn't yeah. know that. So, okay. That's the story of Stolaroid. But you have a story. Right? I do have a story. Yes. I have I a story prepared. because Stolaroid is all about telling stories, telling personal stories um, inspired by pictures. Yeah. Yes. So you, you have a picture. 
I do have a picture. I have to pull it up. I sent it to you the other day. Mm -hmm. um, it's a picture about my boyfriend, Marcos. Mm -hmm. um, do I have to describe the picture? Um, well, tell us, tell us a little bit about what it is. So what, what it represents. So the, I see Marcos holding yes. a passport. A, a passport, yes. And he's at an airport. And this is the day after we met. The day after you met. Yes. The first so time. So for the first time, yes. It wasn't my boyfriend then, I guess. We had never had the talk then because obviously we had mm. only met the day before. So, mm. yeah. Okay. So... Um, I will post this picture in the in the um, on my website. I will post it. Mm -hmm. uh, go to stolaroid.com slash. Oh, I don't know what, what we're going to call this. Can you just like put it in the description? Yeah. Marcos. Can I call it Marcos? Yeah. Yeah. So stolaroid.com slash Marcos with an O. Yeah. Not Marcus. Marcos. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, so, Lara, um, tell us, tell us your story. Okay. Um, like I said, I came prepared and I wrote it. You can stop me at any time, and we can talk about the crazy things that I'm telling you about. Perfect. All right. It's September fourteenth, two thousand eighteen, and tonight I'm going on a first date with a guy I met on Tinder. I moved to Spain only two weeks ago. Just like every new beginning, I can't help but be excited. I have so much to look forward to right now. New apartment, new roommates, a new job I'm going to start in just two weeks. And now, this date. I had a really good feeling about this guy from the moment I saw his profile. His profile was unique in the best way possible. He came across as smart, funny, and sweet, and he didn't take us long to decide to meet IRL. He got to my house on time, parked his bike, and texted me. He's a local, but my A2 Spanish level doesn't allow me to carry on a conversation, so we end up speaking mostly in English. After a quick trip to the local supermarket, where we buy a few snacks, we head to the beach. We find a spot and get comfortable on a beach towel we brought from home. The date itself goes smoothly. We spend hours sitting next to each other, talking, switching between English and Spanish until the sky goes from light blue to orange, from orange to pink, and then slowly turns black. We talk about all sorts of things until it's about midnight. We decide to call it a night. After all, he's got a train to Barcelona to catch the following day. Apparently, he's flying to Japan the day after. Now, I don't know whether this is true or if this guy has just come up with the greatest bet backup plan in case the date doesn't go well and decides to ghost me. We both agree we could maybe do this some other time, maybe when he comes back from fake Japan. I get up and reach for my purse. I feel the cold sand against my hand. My purse is not there. Naive me thinks that I must have misplaced it. I look around to sure to find it, but... Alas, my purse is nowhere to be found. Now, this may be a small inconvenience for some, but for me, at that time, that bag meant everything. Tender guy gets up, looking worried and confused. He cannot believe it either. I mean, we have been sitting on that little square of beach the whole night. 
I'm sure we were distracted at times, but surely nobody could have been could have been so brazen as to just rob two people that were right there talking. I quickly make a mental list of everything that I had in my bag. My credit card was there, but I could easily block it by calling my bank. While as for everything else, I could easily replace it, right? Wrong. As Tinder guy starts looking through the trash bags on the beach, hoping the thief had been nice enough to only steal the five euros I had in my wallet and leave everything else behind, all the things I had in my purse start coming back to mind one by one. And as the list grows, so does my worry. It was a tiny purse, but I am surprisingly good at fitting a ton of stuff in the smallest spaces, which meant that bitch ninja, that's what we ended up naming the thief, had just scored a phone, a pair of prescription glasses, all my documents, and a set of house keys. Bastard. Yes. Now for the thief, though, that probably didn't amount to much. My phone was old, and unless this person had the same prescription as me, those glasses wouldn't be very useful. But for me, for me, that meant I had no way of calling my bank nor my family to let them know what happened. I couldn't show up for my appointment to get my Spanish documents in order because I, an ID was necessary. And I, oh shoot, I couldn't get into my house. I'm screwed. I try to contain my despair. After all, I'm still on a first date. I try to act as carefree as possible as if I've got everything under control. But to be honest, nothing is under control right now. And I just want to collapse on the beach and cry, which is usually my go-to reaction for anything that happens in my life, <laughs> good or bad. I try to pull myself together as Tinder guys suggest we go to the police station nearby, which is only a two-minute walk from where we are and right by my house. I never go anywhere without my purse, so I follow him and I can't shake the feeling I've forgotten something. Only I know all too well that I didn't forget it. It was freaking stolen from me. We get to the police station where the police officer promptly suggests that we should come back the following day. Apparently, there is a four-hour wait because there have been a lot of thefts that night. Thanks, Beach Ninja. Tinder guy kindly lets me use his phone. I manage to call my bank and block all my cards. Once that is done, I call my mom and tell her what happened. What a shitty way to end the first date. Oh, well. It's getting really late now. Tinder guy has a train to catch in just a few hours. And I've got to figure out how to handle a situation like this in a foreign country and with what little Spanish I know. We walk to my place and say our goodbyes. I ring the intercom waiting for my roommates to buzz me in, but nothing. I try again. Nothing. That makes sense. It's Saturday night in Spain. Why would they be home? I look at Tinder guy, Tinder guy looks at me and I know we're both thinking, shit, what now? It has just become apparent this date is nowhere near over yet. As he calmly states, we've got two options. Either we hang out and wait for my roommates to come or if I trust him, I could go back to his place. My mom taught me better than to trust a stranger and go spend the night at his place. But like I said, 
I've got a really good feeling about this guy. So even though there's a teeny tiny part of me that thinks maybe he's actually the one who stole my purse, I decide to shut that voice up and just go with him. Hmm. He gets on his noble steed, aka his bike, as I, and I sit on the saddle and off we go. His place is 20 minutes away, which means given it's early September in the south of Spain, by the time we get there, the poor thing is drenched in sweat. He excuses himself and leaves me alone while he goes to the bathroom to take a much needed shower. I'm sitting in Tinder's guy living room, in Tinder guy's living room. His roommate is away, so it's just me and him. And I'm wondering if I just did something really stupid by coming home with this stranger, but my gut is telling me it's all good. And I always listen to my gut. What happens next is what you'd expect to see in a Hallmark movie. I'll spare you that part because it might be too cheesy even for the most romantic. Let's just say there was some guitar, ukulele playing, some singing, lots of laughing, and some kissing. Mm. We finally go to bed. Tender guy is out like a light, but I can't seem to fall asleep. I keep thinking of all the things I need to do the following day to clean up the best, not the best, to clean up the mess Beach Ninja created for me. I managed to get a few hours of sleep, but at seven o'clock I get up and I start doing what I always do when I'm overwhelmed. Cry. Do you know what that is? No, No, but that was a good one. I grab a post-it note, a pen, and I start writing everything I need to do. And as I start to write all this down, I realize I'm trying to solve a puzzle that simply can't be solved. So I obviously need to go to the police station, but I don't know my way around the city because I always rely on Google Maps. So first I need a phone. But how can I get to the store? And even if I did know how to get there, how would I pay for it? I could ask my mom to transfer some money to my bank account, but I don't have my credit card. So I wouldn't be able to take out that money. As I'm frantically trying to come up with a good plan, Tinder guy wakes up and asks me what I'm doing. I show him my note with a never ending list of things to do. And at this point, I know any other Tinder guy would have probably looked at me with sympathy and would have shown me the door, but not Marcos. Sure, he's got to train a catch in just a few hours and he's not even packed yet. But when Marcos looks at the list, he tells me that I don't need to worry and that we'll get everything done and that he'll help me. Now, I don't know what to think. I knew that Spaniards were nice, but this is next level nice. If the situation had been slightly different, I probably would have politely declined. But I look at the list and I realize that I'm not really in a position to reject his offer. We have a quick breakfast and then it's go time. The biggest issue is money. Without money, I can't get a phone. Without a phone, I can't get around. And if I can't get around, I can't do the rest of the stuff. Marcos offers to lend me 200 euros. Yes, that's right. This total stranger who's leaving for Japan for 10 days just offered to lend me hundreds of euros, just like that. I stall for a minute and call my mom. Now, my mom and my sister are my rocks. I honestly don't know what I'd do without them. They know most of what happened, but they have no idea all this happened while I was on a Tinder date. Hmm. 
I talked to my sister who says she can make an immediate bank transfer. 400 euros should be enough, right? Only I need to know which bank account to send it to. I look at Marcos and I ask him something never in a million years I would have thought to ask someone I was on a first date with. Is it okay if my sister sends you 400 euros? He nods. My mom and my sister know a lot about my life, but I usually don't share with them the details of how my Tinder dates go. So saying that my sister was surprised when I told her who was the guy she was supposed to send 400 euros to would be an understatement. We're about 11 hours into the date and we think at this point, there is not much more that could go wrong. Well, we were mistaken. We look out the window and the usually bright blue sky Valencia is so famous for is looking incredibly gray. Not long after, it starts raining. And I'm not talking about the romantic drizzle that gently wets your face as you're walking. I'm talking incessant, pouring rain. Time is ticking with Marcos's train leaving in just a few hours. So we don't have a lot of time to spare, but we have no choice. We have to buy an umbrella. We make our first stop to a local at a local shop to buy a five-year umbrella that would turn out to be a real lifesaver that day. Now that we're shielded from the rain, we head to the closest train station. My top priority is to get my hands on a phone. I need a phone and I need it now. In fact, I need it yesterday. There's a cheap phone shop in the city center that's just perfect, and it's only a couple of train stops away. Marco scans his subway pass and gets through the gate. I wait patiently for him to be on the other side so he can hand me his pass and I can use it too. I scan it, but the red light and the loud buzzing noise immediately let me know there is no way the gate will open. We ran out of trips. Damn it. I turn around and I spot the closest ticket machine. Marcos hands me a 50 euro bill from the other side of the gate. I thank him. I turn around and walk confidently towards the machine whose screen kindly informs me that the payment of the payment methods I can choose from. Credit card, debit card, 20 euro bills, 10 euro bills, five euro bills. Shoot. Marcos checks his wallet only to find more 50 euro bills. We know there's only one option left. Marcos, Tinder guy, who I met less than half a day ago, hands me his debit card from behind the gate and whispers his pen coat to me. So there we were, two strangers, one with hundreds of euros that belong to the other one in his pocket, and the other one with their dates, with their dates debit card and pin number in her hand. The ticket machine rewards our tenacity with a ticket that lets me reunite with my hero. Second stop, phone store. We get there completely drenched despite the umbrella. I have 400 euros I can spend. Well, technically Marcos has them, but there's no way I'm gonna spend all that money on a phone. After all, I have no idea how long I'm gonna have to make that money last. I buy a 200 euro phone and Marcos pays for it with the money that my sister sent him. Third stop, Vodafone. A phone alone is pretty useless. I need a new number, a Spanish phone number, and a good phone plan. We get there thinking that getting a new phone number shouldn't be that complicated, right? Well, 
The Vodafone employee doesn't seem to think so. In order to issue a new phone number, they need an ID. But mine was stolen, remember? So they consider what options we have and then ask the stranger next to me, who by this point is looking less and less like a stranger, if he'd be willing to let me use his ID. We look at each other hesitantly. And then Marcos agrees with the, I mean, why not? After all, we're practically married already. In the end, it turns out there's no need for Marcos's ID since a copy of my passport was all they needed. And luckily, I had one sitting in my inbox because I emailed it to someone once. I get out of the store with a brand new phone and an even more brand new phone number. There's only one thing left to do. Go file a police report. We wander around Valencia looking for a police station under the pouring rain. It's not the most romantic situation, but we don't care. In just a few hours, we've been through so much. And most importantly, we've had to learn to trust one another. We're acting like two carefree teenagers who are discovering what love is for the first time. And nobody that sees us, that sees us would ever suspect I got robbed the night before. After a lot of walking, we find a police station and with Marcos as my translator, we successfully file a police report. We go back to his place, but I can't stay long. He has to pack and I've got to sort out the rest of my to-do list, which thanks to this unbelievable guy is now looking much shorter. We agree to see each other again when he comes back from Japan. I grab my phone and the 150 euros that I had left. I wait at the bus stop for a few minutes, exhausted, yet still thrilled. And when the bus comes, I hand one of the 50 euro bills to the bus driver. Sorry, ma'am, he says in Spanish. I can only accept two, 20 euro bills. It figures. It stopped raining, so the 40-minute walk to my place is not that bad. I get home, my roommates let me in, and I sprawl out on my bed, tired but happy. Marcos and I text for a while. He didn't have a lot of time to pack, but he made it work. And he's now on the train that will take him to Barcelona. He'll go to dinner with his uncle and his friends, spend the night in the city. And then in the early morning, he and his uncle will fly to Tokyo. Or at least that was the plan. What I'll recount from now on is just bits and pieces of the information I gathered from what I was later told and the phone conversations Marcos and I had that day. About an hour after Marcos's train had left, I get a message from him, a message that unexpectedly made our date even more unusual. The message read, I forgot to pack my passport. I call him immediately, feeling guilty as hell because I know perfectly well I am the reason why he has to pack so quickly. On the phone, he explains to me he can't go back to Valencia. If he does, he'll miss his flight. There's not much that I can do for him from here, but thankfully, Marcos and his friends who are helping him remotely from Valencia quickly discover there is a solution. The only thing Marcos needs to do is go to the police station as soon as he gets to Barcelona, explain what happened, show his national ID, and ask for a temporary passport. When Marcos tells me they've got a plan, I feel incredibly relieved. Finally, something that goes well, but I'd spoken too soon. Marcos gets to the police station before dinner, but 
And what must have seemed to him like a deja vu, he stole the weight is very long. So he decides to put off his, by then, fifth encounter with local authorities and go to have dinner with his friends. He can always worry about the passport later. If you thought this story was unrealistic until now, well, just wait till you hear what happens next. It must be around 10 o'clock when I get another message from Marcos. I read it again and again, half smiling, half frowning, because I just can't believe it. Lara, you're never going to believe this. Someone stole my wallet. No way. Now, most people in his situation would have probably cried or gotten angry, but in all of his texts, Marco sounded surprisingly upbeat and even amused. Neither of us knew if he was going to be able to make his flight. But I think that deep down, we knew that no matter what, we were going to walk home with an unbelievable story, literally. Don't ask me how, because the details of what happened that night in Barcelona are still unclear to me. But somehow, Marcos managed to get on that flight that morning and had an amazing 10-day trip with his uncle. I sometimes wonder what would have happened if I had gotten, if I had never gotten robbed, if Beach Ninja had decided to take a day off that day, if my roommates had been home, what would, what would Marcos and I have gone on a second date? Would we have become boyfriend and girlfriend? When you think about it, everything that could go wrong on our very first date did go wrong. But looking back and looking at where we are now, I wouldn't change a thing. There you go. <laughs> wow, that was long. I'm so sorry. It was a, it was a whole day. I had to talk about the whole day. I couldn't just talk about, uh, you know, a few hours. It wouldn't make sense. You uh, okay? First of all, Marcos. Uh, I think Marcos understood from the very first moment that you are a very demanding girl. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah? Okay, so yeah. you've been together for uh, four years. Uh, um, three and a half. Three and a half years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, what was gonna what was I gonna say? Um, I can't remember, Lara. I had something to say. Oh yeah, so you should you should um, make this a movie. I know it should it should be a novel, and then it should be turned into a movie. One hundred percent, I agree with you. Into a movie because I, I I've never heard such a story before, like yeah, on the first date. On a first date, all these things happened. And I mean, I like the fact that it was Tinder guy from the beginning until the middle of the story. Yeah. And then it became Marcos. So mm -hmm. he got a name. <laughs> yeah, means... he deserved a name he after deserved... all he was going through. <laughs> but that, that means that you trusted him. I mean, at mm -hmm. some point you try, and this reflects it's reflected in the story, you know, mm -hmm. that maybe you didn't trust him at the beginning because you, you had that thought, maybe he stole my, my purse. Absolutely. And then later I found out that he was the one that was suspecting me. He thought that maybe it was just oh. like this big scheme that I had planned and that, I don't know. <laughs> so we were, you know, I was, I was at his place and we were suspecting one another. Um, but yeah. Love at first a first passport, maybe. Yes. <laughs> cool. Lara, how did you feel uh, when you, while you were writing this story? Because you wrote the, the whole story out for, for this episode, which is something 
you know, when you said to me, I prepared a story, how long is it? And you said 16 minutes. Oh my God, I said 16 minutes, but I couldn't wait, you know, while you were telling the story, I couldn't wait to hear the next sentence. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great story. And you told it very, I mean, it's a great, this, is this your first story? Your first personal story that you, you've yeah. told? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I usually should. don't write about myself. Mm, you should you should um, go on a storytelling contest because it's great, really. Oh, the way the way it was told, uh, the humor, mm -hmm. the anticipation, all those things, great. Um, so how how did you feel while you were um, writing this story? So I think when you asked me to tell a personal story and come on the podcast, I was a little nervous. Um, mm. But when, and that's why I decided to kind of sit down and, and write this, but I got to say, I loved the experience. I mean, I told this story a bunch of times, maybe not with this many details, but, um, you know, talking to my friends and family, obviously we've told this story a bunch, um, but writing it down really, I think helped me put it, see it from a different perspective. Cause, um, you almost see it as if it was a movie. You're looking at this whole thing without, yeah, as if you were looking at this from outside. So you, first of all, get to reflect a lot more on how you felt and what happened, which usually um, we don't get to do because we're so worried about getting to the end of the story that we don't mm. really stop and think about how did I feel when that happened or yeah. what, what exactly happened in that moment. Um, and then, yeah. It, and then I love the fact that it's there and um, it, it's just, it makes it that much more real um, and even easy to share. I don't know. It was just a, it was great. It was a great experience. Um, and it, taught me that maybe I should do this more, you know, mm. like things like journaling, obviously it takes time, but it's, um, it's very rewarding. Mm. It's a very rewarding experience to write down something that happened to you. How, how many times did you smile while you were writing? A lot, stuff? a lot. And this also, you know, sparked, you know, a few conversations with Marcos as well, we were reminiscing and remembering what had happened. So it was great for us too, as a, as a couple. Yeah. D did you laugh at your own jokes? Cause I do that when, when I'm writing my stories, <laughs> I laugh at my own jokes and Eloy is in the other, in the other room. And she says, she says to me, well, why are you laughing? Well, I've, you know, I'm laughing at my own jokes. I'm, I'm, I'm a funny guy. <laughs> A little bit, yes. I was pretty proud of a few lines that uh, read in in the passage. Yeah. Cool, Lara. <clears throat> um, thank you so much. Wait, wait. I wanted oh. to ask you something. Can I ask you something? Of course, you can. Um, what would you have done mm. if this had happened to you and mm. you've been on a Tinder date with a girl? Honestly mm. speaking, I'm curious. So. Am I the guy who lost the passport or whose passport was no. stolen or? Yeah, so, no, okay. no, 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 uh, you're the, you're the, I'm the Tinder, Tinder guy. guy. Okay. Ooh. Well, let me think. So this girl has got her, okay. I would, I would be um, a little bit distrustful, like skeptical, mm -hmm. like, is this mm -hmm. girl telling the truth? Or is this just some crazy girl that, you know, it's it's uh, it's a whole, it's a setup here. She's mm -hmm. trying to 
mm, to trick me. That was, yeah, that's the first, that's the first thought. Um, but then it, I think it depends on how you reacted. Because if you reacted in a way, in a genuine way, I mm-hmm. think you, you, you can't fake it, right? You right. can't fake it when you're panicking or unless you're a very good uh, actress. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if I, if I gone, oh mm-hmm. no, my passport was stolen. I wish I could go home with, mm-hmm. with somebody. And yeah, no, I get it. But I think that Marcus really liked you. You know, mm-hmm. the moment, the moment um, he saw you, I think he really liked you. And that's why he trusted you. So there was something about you that made made um, Marcus feel comfortable with what was happening. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it all depends on that. So if if I liked the girl, well, I would help. I would help. I don't know about the, the PIN number. I'm not sure about <laughs> the PIN number of my credit card. Um, but yeah, so Marcus had, was determined. He was very motivated, I can tell. I can tell. So yeah, I I would have helped, but no, I wouldn't have given you my pin number. (laughs) I don't think I, if I'd been in his position, I wouldn't have done it either. I'm not even sure I wouldn't invite, you know, the other person over to my place. So yeah. Well, but you know, but you're, I think it's different for, for women. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's like, um, um, hitchhiking, Mm -hmm. you know? Hitchhiking, yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's easier for for men. Yeah, as a man, you feel safer. It's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. All right. So, All right. Lara, thank you for thank you for this story. Thank you for uh, telling about telling us about yourself, about your your story, your first date, your business, the way you learned <laughs> English, your accent. It's been it's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity and made me discover something that I didn't know I liked. Great. There's always something to learn about ourselves, isn't there? Yep. Mm. All right, guys. If you want to uh, connect with Lara, I will post all the links in the description of this episode. Um, and um, you can find Lara on Instagram, on her website. Uh, she's got a podcast. The podcast, I know, it's, you know, it, it's not like Stolaroid Stories. It's much more successful than Stolaroid <laughs> Stories because it was uh, downloaded how many times? I think one million times. Yeah, in yeah over one million times. In India. Yeah. Or, or... No, lo- it, no, in general, all over the world. Yeah. In general. Okay. So, guys, um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Lara. See you Thank in the next you. episode. Bye-bye.